to another NCBI Labs live event. And this marks live event number 17 in the series. So this is JP Corcoran filling in for my colleague Jude Marr today, who's taken a much deserved break this week. So first of all, what exactly is coming up on the show today? What do we have in store for you? Well, today we're going to be talking about the rapidly evolving area of smart home technology and checking out some of the latest types of smart devices that may be of help to someone with sight loss in the home. Now you may recall that in previous live events, we explored some of the different ways we can use smart speakers such as an Amazon Echo or Google Home to, for example, read your favorite audiobooks or turn off and on your lights or even control the TV stations that you're using. Um, and this is also using your voice. Um, and today what we're going to be doing is demonstrating and talking about other types of smart devices that are available. This includes a Samsung smart TV with built-in accessibility features and a Samsung smart washing machine that can be operated using the SmartThings app on a smartphone. And to do this, we're going to be joined by my colleagues, Sean Doran and Joe Lonigan, who've also put together a video demonstration on each of these devices. We're also going to be talking um, about other smart home devices on the show today that may be of interest to you. And these include a smart doorbell, uh, smart thermostats, and even smart robot vacuum cleaners. But before all that, we're going to be uh, playing a demonstration of a new Amazon smart oven that's been recorded by Sam Seavey, who I'm sure many of our listeners will be familiar with. So Sam is the founder of the extremely popular YouTube channel, The Blind Life. I'm delighted to let you know that we're very shortly going to be speaking with Sam on today's live event about the blind life. And we'll also get a chance to, from, uh, to hear from him about the smart oven too. Okay, so just to let you know, as, as, in, as in previous weeks, if you have any questions or comments about any of the technology featured on our live event today, or maybe if you have a smart home device yourself, please do post them uh, to our Q&A panel and send, or you can send an email to labs at ncbi.ie. So as I say, if you have a smart home device yourself, please do let us know uh, what it is and what it is you like about it. So maybe, for example, you have an Amazon Echo or Google Home that you use to listen to the music or control some of your lights. We'd love to hear from you. So please, please do get in touch. Okay. So I'm sure many of our listeners will at some stage have come across Sam Seavey from The Blind Life um, on YouTube. Okay, so his channel has attracted upwards of 25,000 subscribers and some of his videos have received quite literally hundreds of thousands of views. And we're delighted to have Sam join us today on our live event. So Sam, you're really welcome. Hello, everybody. Thank you very, very much for inviting me. <laughs> it's great to have you with us. So Sam, whereabouts in America are you, are you based? So I am actually uh, currently in central Kentucky, which, um, you know, is kind of in the middle of the, of the, the country, kind of a little bit towards the eastern coast. Lovely, lovely. Ah, great to have you with us, Sam. So, Sam, I know in a, in a short while we'll be having a conversation on, on smart home tech, including the, the Amazon uh, smart oven. But before all that, what I thought we might do is we might just take a, a moment where maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the blind life, please. Sure, sure. Well, I, well, first of all, I'm excited to learn about a smart vacuum too. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, I guess a brief history about me and, and the channel and all of that. Um, I always like to start with my, my vision story. So I was diagnosed at age 11 with uh, Stargardt's disease, which um, many people might be familiar with, some might not. It's basically a juvenile form of macular degeneration. Uh, so I started to lose my central vision um, early on in my teens and, in fact, was legally blind by my mid-teens. Um, so, and this, it's a hereditary disease, so my sister also has it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, many people that are familiar with or have, have grown up with vision impairment, you know how it is uh, going through school and all of that. And my, my story wasn't any different, you know, it, that 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 aspect was difficult. Um, outside of school, though, I was a normal kid like anybody else. I rode my bike. I rode my skateboard. I, I built clubhouses out in the woods with my buddies, you know, and and um, just lived a normal normal life. Um, yeah. And then probably we'll, we'll skip all the boring stuff and get right into the YouTube. Uh, probably about. 2011, 2010, um, I started working for a company that makes, um, or they had a business where they would modify uh, Android devices, Android phones, Android tablets, and and repair them for people. So, but this gentleman was making videos at the time about how to do these different really cool things on Android, how to, um, you know, hack them, I guess you could say. And so I started working for him, making videos about android systems and um because he needed somebody to do the videos and this was something that i could do at home and i could kind of cater it to my own needs i could set it up the way that was going to work the best for me and with my vision impairments um and so i worked for them making videos for about three years uh that channel got up to that was actually a sister channel to his main channel and so the sister channel got up to i think around ten thousand subscribers so it did pretty well this was early on in youtube where ten thousand was a pretty pretty amazing number um and then so right around 2013 i decided to kind of search on youtube for my vision impairment so for stargardt's disease and um at the time there wasn't much on there there were maybe a couple medical videos talking about the medical side of vision impairments mm-hmm. uh, but i was really looking for the the life you know people living with it the stories and there wasn't that much on there at the time so that's kind of when i decided to start my own channel um at the time it it was the blind spot which was kind of a, a double meaning it was an homage to my vision impairment with no central vision i had yes. pretty pretty significant blind spots but but i also wanted the channel to be a place on the internet that people could come and learn about vision impairment so you know a literal blind spot <laughs> um yeah I, and that's carried on and somewhere along the line it's been it's tw- i was 2013 so it's been seven years now and yeah um a couple of years ago I had to change the name for legal reasons some some other company had a similar name and they weren't happy about me having it (laughs) so um changed it to the blind life and and it's been going strong ever since strong wow um sam about how many videos would you say you've created at this time on my on my channel my blind life channel i have over 570. wow staggering yeah 
Oh, wow. Uh, Sam, so what, what, what I always find, of, you know, I'm a big, big fan of your of your videos and what I find are always interesting and, and, and well, obviously well-researched, I always get the impression that you, you seem to have a lot of fun when, you, when you're making these videos. Does that sound a bit right? Do you enjoy doing them? I do. Yeah, I do. I, it's, it's, you know, I've always been a creative person and so it's definitely a creative outlet for me. Um, I, although I, I, you know, I, I, I post my videos on Saturday mornings. So come Friday and I'm stressing because my video is not done and I'm pulling my non-existing hair out. Uh, It's around those times that I'm not crazy about doing them. (laughs) But once it's out and I see the, the, um, the reaction from the community and and I get the emails about how, you know, the videos have been really helpful for a lot of people. It definitely makes it all worth it. Of course. Um, Sam, Sam, I wonder, could you tell our listeners, what are some of the kind of central topics? that you'd cover on, on your show? Yeah, I, I talk mainly, well, the main focus right now is assistive technology. Um, I was an AT trainer for, for several years, and um, I, I love, I've, been, a, a, I've used, been using assistive technology since I was a teenager. Um, I love how helpful it can be, and especially now as consumer electronics are becoming more and more helpful for us. Um, yes. And I love sharing that information. Um, but I also I also focus on the life side of the blind life. So, you know, I do uh, tips and tricks. A lot of my content is is kind of geared towards people who are new mm-hmm. to vision loss. Maybe they don't know they don't know how to navigate those rocky shores and. Mm-hmm. They, they've never been exposed to this world, and so they don't know all the little tips and tricks and the little life hacks, or the blind hacks, I call them, um, that we have to do sometimes. And So a lot of my videos, yeah, are geared towards that, um, yes. teaching people how to do that kind of thing. But I also... I do collaborations with other amazing blind people. I feature blind professionals on my channel. Um, I, I, I go to conventions a lot, and I will do videos from conventions and things like that, yeah. featuring new products at the conventions yeah. and stuff. Yeah, kind of, keep, kind of keep your finger on the pulse, so to speak, then. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so Sam, I, I understand that you've been using assistive technology since you've been about 11 years old. And I, I wonder, like, you've obviously been using it for so, so many years. Like, what do you think is, is the device that has made, say, the single biggest uh, difference in, in your life? Yeah, so I, I still use, I still rely heavily on magnification, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of in the middle. I'm kind of, I'm straddling the fence, magnification and, and um, audio feedback and things like that. So I think personally, you know, digital magnification, um, I use it all the time, whether it's a, a desktop video magnifier or a CCTV, mm-hmm. um, what, you know, simply turning the camera on my smartphone and zooming yeah. in. To, yeah. to, to read something. Uh, so, you know, digital magnification, uh, you know, wearable devices, I think that's probably been the game changer for me. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and Sam, I suppose, I mean, you, you've done so many reviews and so obviously so many videos, upwards of nearly 600 videos. Is there a product that maybe you thought was, that was, that was going to be released that you thought, you know, was it was hyped up, it was going to be amazing. Maybe when you reviewed it, it just turned out it wasn't really the case. Well, I, I, that might get me in trouble if I say specific <laughs> names. <laughs> there's been a few. There's been a few. Um, there's there's a uh, there's a particular um, smart cane on the market right now that you know, I I I think it's 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 it has potential. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Right now, it's a little, it's a little bulky. It's a little, sure. it, you, you can't get it wet. Um, you know, and if anybody's a cane user, how many times have you dropped your cane down a flight of stairs, or yeah. you know, you've been out in the, you dropped it into a puddle or something like that? Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, these these smart canes, and it's not just this one. There's been others, but they. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of them, but the the practical everyday use maybe it doesn't hold up. At least at least we're not there yet. You know, yes. maybe in the future. I, I yeah. suppose JP and, and Sam, these sort of companies and organizations need feedback on new applications and devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I, I think like um, when when apps fail or new technology fails, they haven't engaged with people with vision impairments before implementation or they haven't actually got enough feedback back from people to see how it can be improved or where it's working and where it's not working. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wonder, Sam, would you ever relay some feedback back to the, you know, the people who are developing uh, maybe these, this, this software or hardware to let, let them kind of hear your thoughts? Do you ever, ever link in with them to give them your feedback? Yeah, I do all the time, um, you know, because as I said, I, I was an AT trainer for many, many years um, and just being an, an assistive technology user for many, many years, you, you start to develop, you know, the sense of what works and what doesn't work. And then uh, being a trainer, I have to look at the pros and the cons. I can't just get excited, you know, about a new piece mm-hmm. of technology. I have to think about, you know, how realistic is it, how how useful will it be, um, mm-hmm. functionality, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that helps me in in doing these reviews. I kind of look at things um, objectively, and I will. I, I'll tell people, uh, you know, respond back to the company. Um, Yes. I was speaking with a, a company just the other day that's doing this new uh, technology that looks really, really cool, and it's very futuristic, and it may be a game changer, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I had some concerns. And even in the, the little presentation video call this guy was doing, uh, you know, I, I wrote, raised those concerns with them, and we had a discussion about it, and, and they had some good answers to it, good replies to it. So Excellent. I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 excellent. Um, so, so, so I wonder, like, what what technology are you looking forward to in the future? Anything that's coming out that you're kind of looking to keeping an eye on, and you're looking forward to it being released? Well, I love I love the the wearables. I love these um, you know all these types of wearable devices. Unfortunately, they're they're kind of bulky. They're kind of big. They're obtrusive. You know, I, I hear all the time when I make a video. Some of the comments, many of the comments are, well, I would never wear that out in public. You know, would you go to a game, uh, you know, a sporting event wearing that? And my answer is always yes, absolutely. And I've done it many times, you know, because I would rather see what I want to see than worry about what these strangers around me are thinking. But I totally understand where they're coming from. Um, So I'm excited about all of these things getting more streamlined. You know, there's this new battery technology that they're working on that's supposed mm-hmm. to replace lithium ion, and it's supposed to be super small and high powered, and mm-hmm. and that will help streamline everything. Um, yes. Some yeah. companies, Mojo, Mojo Vision out in California, they're working on putting a display in a contact lens. Wow. So, it's okay. like the world's smallest yeah. uh, augmented reality display. So yeah. I could I could see tons of really cool applications yeah. for, for low yeah. vision with that. So wow. that would be really cool. 
Wow, that's exciting stuff. Um, so, so, Sam, I wonder if, if someone would like to, uh, see, occasionally I, I, I speak with service users, people who are registered with the National Council for the Blind, uh, and maybe they're interested in podcasting and occasionally maybe creating a, a, their own YouTube videos and producing those. I wonder, would you be able to give someone like that some advice on, on so in terms of making your own YouTube video, like what kind of advice would, would you give to someone like that who maybe has low, low vision or who has a sight, sight impairment? Mm-hmm. Well, as far, as far as YouTube, I would say not to do it because I don't need the competition right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kidding because it's it's really the um, the the low the, the VI community on on YouTube is exploding and it's great. There's new people making videos all the time. Um, I actually made a video recently about a month or two ago, um, and the video was how to start a YouTube channel with low vision. Um, so in that video, I actually go over some tips, you know, create, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of creating systems. And, you know, as a blind person, we all make systems all the time. We all have these systems that maybe we don't even realize we're doing it, but you know, it's the little things like I put my toothbrush in the, or I put my toothpaste in the same spots on my bathroom counter because I want to be able to find it the next time, you know, it's, it's gotta be right there. That's my system. So, um, you know, and systems can be simple like that, or they can be complex, but it's the same for making videos on YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. framing your shot, making sure you're, you're in the shot on the camera, yes. um, you know, recording, editing, there's lots of tips and tricks, you know, oh. so I would, I'd recommend anybody that's kind of thinking about that. And a lot of this can be carried over to podcasting as well, but I would recommend yeah. they check out that video. Uh, yeah. But the, the number one advice I always give is if this is something that you're thinking about doing, just do it, just start. And because I I say, you know, someone really, really cool once told me that you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start in order to be great. And it's so true. It's like, you know, everybody thinks, Oh, I want to do these things, but they never actually do them. So I would say just start and don't worry about it at the beginning because everybody's videos or everybody's first Mm -hmm. couple of podcasts, they're always terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the way it is because you don't know what you're doing. You haven't figured out your, you know, your, your style and all of that. So, don't worry about those. Just get them out there and start moving forward. And it's going to get better the more you do it. Yeah, that's, that's really, I think that would be really encouraging for people to hear that. So not to be too disheartened if the first one or two videos just don't work out. Keep, keep going. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so how, how can our listeners find out more about The Blind Life and watch your videos? Well, uh, very, very easy. Even if you just go on Google and you search The Blind Life, you will find my uh, my YouTube channel. If you go onto YouTube and search The Blind Life, you'll find it as well. Um, the URL, though, is youtube.com slash theblindlife. Excellent. Excellent. I think a lot of people will be checking that out. So I say I really do enjoy the, the videos. And one of the things I, I always enjoy is that you, you seem to keep up to date with, with the latest in tech. You know, I know when um, Microsoft released a, a Windows update in, in, in May, say straight away you had the accessibility features and enhancements that were that were a part of that and you had some great demos there. So I enjoyed watching those. <laughs> Um, so Sam, listen, thanks very much for telling us about yourself and the blind life. And I think at, at this point, what we might do is continue on our discussion on smart home te- technology. And to start with, what I think what I'd like to do now is, is we want to start the, playing the, the first video demonstration um, for today, which is the demo that you've recorded on the Amazon Smart Oven. 
Um, so maybe you could just stick around for that. Maybe maybe help to answer one or two questions after that, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and I'd, I'd love to afterwards also tell you guys about an upcoming event that's going to be talking about smart home devices that that people might be interested in. Oh, fantastic, would love that. Thank you. Great. So yeah. we might just line up that video now and and play it now. Today we are cooking up accessibility. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> no, we're not going with that. Today we're talking about accessibility in the kitchen. How about that? That's better. All right, hang on. We'll be right back. Today on the channel, I am featuring the brand new Amazon Smart Oven. This is a four-in-one microwave oven that was released in 2019 and has a lot of great accessibility built in. It pairs up with Amazon's personal assistant, which I've learned my lesson and I will not be saying her name uh, in the video. <laughs> but actually, I won't need to say her name because there's a button on the microwave that triggers your paired device. As I said, this is a four-in-one microwave oven. It is a microwave, a convection oven, an air fryer, and a food warmer. And the vast majority of its operations can be done with your voice paired up with your Amazon Echo. That's what makes this thing such a great option for the VIP. In this video, we're mainly gonna talk about the accessibility features of the Amazon oven. If you'd like to learn about operation and performance, there are several really good videos available on YouTube. First things first, how much is it? How much is the Amazon Smart Oven? Amazon Smart Oven, convection oven, microwave, air fryer, and food warmer. It's $249.99 on Amazon. Whenever you order the oven, you actually get an Amazon Echo Dot for free. It comes with the oven. So that's, well, like a $30 value right there. Then another option you can choose is they will also provide a free braille overlay for the control pad here on the oven. It's specifically designed for this oven, fits right on perfectly, braille indicator on every single button, but they also still have the button labeled for visual users. If you're not gonna use a braille overlay, this braille overlay, I definitely would recommend using some kind of bump dots, puff paint, something to mark the touchpad here because it's not the most low vision friendly. There are only two tactile marks on here, tactile indicators. The Amazon Assistant button is raised and then just below that, there is a little bump on the five, but that's it. Those are the only tactile indicators of a button. So let's talk about setup and how to use the oven along with the Amazon Echo. Setup was very easy. You just install the You Know Who app on your phone, go through that to add a new smart device. And in this case, it's under the oven section. There is a QR code just inside the door here that you scan with the camera and that will pair the oven up to the app. Then you just simply choose which Amazon Echo device you want to pair it up to. You can use this one or you can use one that you already have. And from there on out, 
it's done. That's about it. The two are connected and can communicate to each other. Now, because this does multiple things, you get some accessories in the box. First thing you get is a food thermometer. And what's really cool is this connects on the inside. There's a port in there that you plug this into, and then this sticks into your food. Say you're making chicken or steak or pork chops, something like that. You can set this in there and then the oven will monitor the cooking. So it really takes the guesswork out of preparing some of those dishes like chicken. Chicken's a big one for me. With this thermometer, you can stick it in and just tell the oven to cook the chicken and it will automatically stop once it reaches that desired temperature. Now, I don't know about you guys, but one thing I use my microwave for all the time is to reheat coffee. And it's super easy with the Amazon oven here. Just set it in. And I can use the trigger word, uh, but for you guys, I'll just push the button here. Reheat one cup of coffee. Microwaving one cup of coffee. The microwave automatically starts. We get a little verbal confirmation from the Echo. And very soon we will have a nice piping hot cup of coffee. Preheat oven to 350 degrees. Preheating first oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Press start on your first oven to begin. So I love that aspect of it. I can just tell it to preheat the oven. Visually on the display here, it's showing what the current temperature is inside the oven as it rises. If I want to check what that is, I can do that. I can do that verbally. What's the current temperature of the oven? Okay. At what temperature? Cancel. Canceling. How hot is my oven right now? It's convection baking. Uh, so the trick with this, just like all uh, Amazon Echo interactions, is you got to find the right words. That's really been the only learning curve to this, is finding out the right things to say. Once you find out the right things to say, the right terminology, oh, it works great. <laughs> but finding that out is uh, has been very difficult. Now, I will say that there are resources online. Um, you can go to the website, and it has a whole list of everything you can say to the oven. So if this was going to be something you picked up and something you were going to use quite often, I would definitely recommend that. If you're serious about your business, you need to build systems and you have to find a great tool like money.com to do it. So my big now, one thing else to note about this is that it cannot be mounted above a stove top. So here in my house, I have a microwave above my oven. And unfortunately, I would not be able to put this in that location. Uh, it also has restrictions on how high above it something can be placed. Um, they say 12 inches, although I've seen it differently in some review videos. Uh, but the main reason is because the top gets pretty warm when you're using the oven feature. Now, it can be mounted in cabinets, though, because on Amazon, you can even purchase a mounting kit. It doesn't come that way in the box, so it's an extra charge for that kit. All right, so in order to show you guys what it can do, I figured I would make some cookies. So first things first is I need to melt this butter. 
Microwave for 30 seconds. Microwaving for 30 seconds. That's hello. What's the current temperature of my first oven? It's at 350 degrees Fahrenheit. And it actually just finished. <laughs> All right, she just told me the oven's preheated. Now we just put the cookies in. Oh yeah, that's warm. Try to do this without burning myself. Okay, we got it. Bake for 10 minutes. Convection baking for 10 minutes at 350 degrees. All right, and we are good to go. In the microwave on the roof, there's a heating element, and when it's in convection oven mode, that heats up and the fan in the back circulates the warm air. Ah, sounds like the cookies are done. And not only do I get the beep and the Amazon Echo tells me, but I also get a notification on my phone. It tells me that the oven is preheated and my food is ready. Something else that's pretty cool you can do with the app is scan to cook. And what that is, is you can scan the barcode of select items and it will automatically tell the oven how to cook that food or that meal. It's a really cool feature that could be very helpful for us. But uh, the only drawback is that the selection of items is kind of small right now. There's some whole food items, some Marie Calendar meals, and a few others, and that's really about it. Uh, for a full list of items that you can scan, be sure to check out the Amazon website. Now, let's go ahead and see how our cookies came out. App Exchange is your one-stop shop for ready-to-install solutions in Salesforce. Easily Okay, looks like our cookies are done. So let's see how it looks. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yep, they are done. Okay guys, I hope you enjoyed this video about the new Amazon Smart Oven and specifically how it can be useful for the visually impaired. If you would like information about this, I'll have a link to it in the description down below. Huge thank you to Amazon for reaching out and sending me this oven for this review video. Thank you to you guys for watching. If you liked the video, be sure to hit the like button. Let me know if you need anything in the comments down below. I'll do my best to help out. Subscribe, turn on notifications, all that. As always, Sam with the Blind Life. I'll see you next time. I'm gonna eat some more cookies. Great, Sam. Thanks very much for that video. Was, uh, I enjoyed watching that. We hope we have, we have Joe to add revenue also. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry about the ads popping up every now and then. But hard to avoid. If those. you guys want to, if you want to click on those, go right ahead. Though I won't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> we actually just had a question come in there through our Q and A throughout the video, and people are asking, can you pair a device such as the Amazon? Oven using like an Apple uh, iOS device or an Android device, possibly with the Alexa app, or is it only through uh, you need an actual Echo in the house? 
or an Amazon device? That's a very good question. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, they when you buy the oven, they give you an, an, an Echo um, automatically. So you, you almost it, it, you won't really need to because you'll, you'll have an Echo. But that's a great question. I don't see why not. I don't see why you couldn't just use the app. I didn't try that when I, whenever I had it. I don't have the oven anymore, unfortunately. And uh, your, your video gave the game away there, Sam, because everyone's always interested with guests if they're Android users or iOS users. I believe mm -hmm. you. I believe you had an Android device during that. I did. I did. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. An, I'm both. I, I have. I use an iPhone and an Android phone, but. Um, I so I, I try to feature both in in videos. Um, in fact, my video coming out this Saturday is going to be featuring both. But yeah, and that one was just Android. It, get, it gets very tribal here on the on, on our live events. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know all about that. I've made I've made several videos talking about which device is better for for blind and visually impaired, and um, because it's such a heated topic. And and yeah. <laughs> I, I, th I think it's good. I think I think the competition and the, and the, the banter is good between the two sides. And if both if, if both companies are taking the that information and improving each device, it's it's all the better for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hi Sam, it's uh, Joe. Yeah, Joe, I think you had a question for Sam there as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi. I I just wonder, do you have any other devices in your home that are smart home devices? Like I know you have an Alexa, but apart from that. Do you, do you use any appliances or appliances? <clears throat> I, I don't currently have any appliances, although our thermostat is about to die. And um, so we'll, we'll probably, I definitely want to get a smart thermostat uh, when it does. And that was kind of the reason why, um, you know, I was excited when uh, Amazon reached out to me about their smart oven is, is because I want to start incorporating smart devices in our house. Um, I have a Google, I have Alexa's and I have a Google home, uh, hub and I, them, I have smart plugs. So I have some, some lights connected, uh, to, to both, to both platforms actually. And that's super helpful. I've got them in my kitchen. I made a video about installing those in fact underneath my cabinet so i just i just tell her to turn on the cabinet lights and i've got all this great light on the countertops it's it's wonderful cool yeah. I, I, I suppose like for, for in ireland um a lot of these uh, features haven't been released yet like the the home heating devices have and the lights and uh like, like we're going to talk about some of the stuff later on but but the oven it hasn't been introduced to ireland yet and mm. uh even even the alexa show which we have in ireland they haven't introduced the isn't it the show and tell feature like where you can play right. something in front of it and say what is this and oh, it's, a, it's a bottle of cayenne pepper or like yeah yeah and I think I think we have to sort of encourage people uh, to, to, to this side of the Atlantic to contact Amazon and say, why aren't these features available here yet? And like we would really benefit from them because I, I think the the oven seems very very useful. Like it's four it's four things in one. You can control it with a voice, and it's kind of like a no brainer that people should be asking for this sort of uh, technology, which is already available. Yeah, absolutely, and and and. I would say also, you know, do research. Um, the the show and tell feature, for example, it's only available on, on certain uh, Amazon shows, like a, a certain gigabyte or something like that. I forget. My friend, who is uh, totally blind, has uh, 
RP, she was really excited about that. And then she got the Amazon show and then found out it wasn't available on that model. She had to upgrade to the more expensive one to get the show and tell feature. Um, so definitely research that sort of thing. And also, you know, the Amazon smart oven isn't the only smart oven on the market right now. Um, you know, I believe, uh, GE has one as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, shop around and, and do some research. Yeah. 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 Samsung, I think Samsung have one that works with SmartThings as well. So if it works with the SmartThings app, there's a good chance it will work for the visually impaired as the SmartThings yeah. app seems to be very accessible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I'm, is, I'm a huge fan of, oh, sorry, I'm a huge fan of, of Samsung accessibility. Um, well, obviously I've, I've, all my Android phones have always been Samsung's, but um, I have a, my computer monitor is a Samsung smart TV. Um, my camera monitor is a Samsung smart TV. And yeah, just to be, you know, be able to talk into the remote to have it change the source for me, the input source or, um, you know, the, the screen reading. I'm, I've made a couple of videos about my Samsung smart TV accessibility as well, but having it read out, even going into Netflix and having it read out all the descri- movie descriptions and everything for me, uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's really impressive. It, it, Samsung has really upped their game in the last couple of years. And yeah, I, I, they're, they're starting to label all their buttons on the app as well, which is really helpful, especially for totally ah, blind good. users. Yeah. Sam, it does look pretty simple to use as well, and obviously, and I, and I, I really like the, the scan to cook feature that you mentioned earlier. It, it, mm-hmm. Do you think, is, is, it, is it easy enough for someone to set up? So let's say if someone, if someone, if we had a service user who maybe who, who has, uh, who's blind and wants to set this up in their home, like would, do you think they'd need sighted assistance or would it be possible for someone who is blind to set this up by themselves? The, for setup, the only thing that you might need help with is finding that QR code that you need to scan mm. with the app. Um, but everything else is done through the app, so you could use, you know, your screen reader of choice. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you, mean, you may even be able to find – it's a sticker, so you may be, you be able be. to find yeah. it tactically yes. to snap a picture. Um, it's definitely worth a try. Excellent. Okay, okay. Um, Sam, you mentioned before we played the video, you, you mentioned a, an event I think that's coming up that you were going to let us know about. Do you, do you want to talk about that now? Sure, yeah, I'd love to. So I am currently um, on the planning committee of a brand new assistive technology conference that is going to be held in October. And it's an online conference. It's an international conference. It's open to anybody. Um and it's all about assistive technology for the visually impaired. And the conference is, the name is the Assistive Technology and Trends Online Conference. So it's, we're going A-T-T-O-C, A-T-Talk. And um, it's, I made a video about it so people can get more information there. The website is assistivetechandtrends.com. Um, but one of our speakers, one of our presenters is confirmed already, is going to be a gentleman talking about smart home devices and integration and things like that. Uh, so that's one of the, the talks. Microsoft's going to be there. We've got someone talking about Android accessibility. Um, we've got, hopefully, I don't know if she's confirmed yet, but someone talking about assistive technology in the kitchen for cooking. She has a... Um, Kitchen Confessions. Her name is Mary. She's in Canada. She's amazing. So just a lot of really cool presentations and demos. A lot of wearable demonstrations. Um, 
some really futuristic stuff that I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about yet. <laughs> uh, so I encourage everybody to check that out. It's, it's, you know, it's in October 1st and October 2nd. It's online, so you don't even have to leave your house. I, th I, think, I think that's kind of like exciting where a lot of these uh, home applications and appliances are no longer going to be bespoke, like built specifically for people with visual impairments that everyday household items should work for both sighted and non-sighted people. I think that's a good direction that a lot of companies are moving in. Yes. Well, I, um, I actually are here in my house. My dishwasher is dying quickly and my wife and I are shopping around and I said, you know, I don't care about a lot of that, but it has to be Wi-Fi enabled and to be able to use with an, um, you know, a digital assistant. And, uh, so that was a that was a criteria, and we found one, and we're I'm very excited to be able to just say, you know, uh, Alexa, wash my dishes or <laughs> whatever the keywords might be, but uh, it's going to be great. So I'm any any kind of that stuff that I can start to incorporate into my my life to make my life easier. I'm, I'm definitely going to try. Someday we're going to have the the nanny robot from the Jetsons cartoon. That's what yeah, do everything in the house. <laughs> Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> yeah, I said. Um, Sam, before, before you go, I wonder, would you be in a position to tell us about anything about maybe one or two videos you might be working on at the moment, anything that we can keep an eye out from the CA and, and see on the, the, the blind life over the next uh, few weeks, or, or is, is that top secret? <laughs> no, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, the one that I'm working on, I'll be working on the rest of the today, and it will be coming out Saturday, is... Uh, kind of an overview of the SuperSense application that's available both on iOS and Android. Uh, it's a new app. It has some of the similar features to seeing AI, um, but it has some really interesting, unique features like an Explore where you can just scan your camera around and it will pop out uh, interesting or items of interest like doorways, chairs, computers. Uh, but then you can also customize that and you can search for specific things like say you want to find the stairs. You can search for that and then as you scan around when it sees a, a set of stairs it will announce it, it'll vibrate, it'll start beeping and you know that you just walk in that direction and uh, hopefully you won't fall down the stairs but you'll definitely find the stairs. <laughs> uh, will, that be, will that be on LiDAR only devices or will that be on all sort of iOS and Android devices? No, no, it doesn't use LiDAR, so it's 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 any kind of device. In fact, I was testing it on my old um, uh, and uh, Samsung Galaxy S8 phone, which is a couple years old, and it worked great. Um, I'm testing it on my uh, iPhone 10, and it works fine as well. So, yeah, any device. Um, so that's coming out Saturday. Next week is going to be uh, a video featuring the new eSight glasses. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about that. I should receive those in about a day or two and start to get to play around with those. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Fantastic. And then the week after that is going to be OrCam, talking about the newest OrCam, the OrCam Read and the new features of the OrCam MyEye 2. Um, do, do you use the OrCam a little bit, Sam, yourself? Have you ever, do you use it much for day-to-day for -day use reading? I, well, I don't use it myself just because, as I said, I'm, I'm mainly magnification. Uh, but, you know, I when I was a trainer, I trained OrCam and demonstrated it a lot. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, OCR devices on the market right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and just I've been playing around with the um, my the Orcam Read, which is their newest. It's just a handheld uh, device, and it's been fantastic. I mean, I'm really impressed with it. Just the the short time I was playing around with it, um, very very accurate. It's offline OCR, so you don't need to be connected to the internet, mm-hmm. and it's really really fast responses. So I'm I'm pretty impressed with it. Okay, so we have obviously some pretty exciting videos to look forward to there, Sam. So thanks for thanks for that and thanks for letting us know. Um, yeah, it's excellent. Um, so Sam, we really do appreciate you the time you took to come on to live event today and to tell us about yourself and of course the blind life, and uh, and of course letting us play your, your video demo uh, with, with the YouTube adverts include. Um, so just, <laughs> just as a, as a reminder to our listeners, uh, you can check out and subscribe to Sam's YouTube channel by searching for for the blind life. Uh, so Google search will we'll put it up. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, of, of Sam's video, and I would strongly we, recommend people uh, check them out. We can put the link into our into our podcast and also when it goes out. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, Sam, thanks thanks again for, for joining us today. Yeah, well, like I said, it was my pleasure. And and as I mentioned in the email, um, Ireland is definitely one of those bucket list places that I want to go to. Um, okay. my family and I were were planning a European trip next year, hopefully, if if the world starts to get back to normal. <laughs> well, you, you, you'll, need a, you'll need a bucket for all the rain we had yesterday. <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's all right. It brings out the green, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I, so I definitely, I'm, I'm excited. Well, when you sent the email, I was like, yes, I would love to do something with you guys. I, I think it'd be fantastic. So thank you very much for inviting me. Well, thank you, Sam. Yeah. Great. Take care and hopefully we'll see you back on another live event. Yes, anytime. If you guys need anything, just let me know. And, and enjoy the rest of the show, everybody. I'm, I'm going to be listening as well, uh, checking out the smart vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Take care. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye, Bye. everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, so we really do appreciate uh, the time that Sam took to come on to live event and, and talk to us. A really interesting conversation. Uh, but we're going to move on now uh, to uh, a, a smart home device uh, that uh, Joe has is going to demonstrate uh, for us. We have a recording that Joe has uh, done on the Samsung EcoBubble AdWash smart washing machine. Uh, so just to kind of tell you a little bit about this before we play the video, it's a washing machine that can be operated using the SmartThings app on a smartphone. And when it does this, it can provide someone who is blind or who is, who is visually impaired with access to, to much more of the washing machine's uh, features. So we're going to play that video now. It's been uh, recorded by my colleague uh, Joe. You know the Samsung EcoBubble AdWash smart washing machine. Um, there is uh, many smart washing machines available now, but Samsung, uh, the one that comes for Samsung is fairly accessible because it works with the SmartThings app. The SmartThings app uh, works with many appliances, so. If you're buying an appliance, you can first of all check does it work with SmartThings. So, for example, hobs, cookers, um, robot vacuums, things like that. So we're talking about the washing machine today. So I'm going to show you um, basically how to turn this on and a couple of the basic features we can access. So normally, if we bought a washing machine, we'd be only able to access the likes of um, the dial, uh, the round dial that, uh, in at the front, and maybe we could switch it to a turkey degrees or um, 60 degrees or 90 degrees we might have three bump ons at it but with this we can access a lot more features so i'm going to close the door now 
and the air washing is in inside the washing machine and you have to first of all you have to press on the power button which is the top right that's a fairly tactile button and then you have to press the smart control button i'm going to look for that now the smart control button is slightly touch screen so if you prefer you could put a little bump on on the smart control button uh, while I'm waiting for that to connect to my phone, it takes a little while, I'll, I'll explain. Also, this machine has to be connected to your Wi-Fi. Um, it's not a very easy process to connect to the Wi-Fi at first, so you may need somebody to help with that. And possibly the, the man that installs it may help you with this, or a family member. But it's similar to connecting up um, to a smart speaker or anything that needs to be connected to your Wi-Fi settings in your phone. Um, you have to download the SmartThings app and you have to register with Samsung and then go to Wi-Fi settings and uh, look for the machine and type in your Wi-Fi code. So that's generally the procedure. Um, so that little beep means now hopefully we're connected to the SmartThings app on the phone. So I'm going to try and open the SmartThings app with Siri. Open SmartThings. So SmartThings app is open, and um, if I flick down to the right, I'm hoping I will hear washer ready. If it's not ready, it will say washer offline. Washing machine, more options, door open, navigate off, navigate off, navigate off, kitchen. Quickie, kitchen, button, laundry room, washing machine, ready. So it said washing machine ready. So that's great. So if I, if I see washing machine ready, I can double tap on washing machine. Washing machine, ready. In progress. In progress. Just loading. Start, button, cotton, ready. So uh, one of the first options you get is your list of um, uh, uh, washes. So I suppose cotton would be the first one. So if I double tap on cotton, so I can double tap on cotton and it'll give me a list, right? So I'm going to, uh, cotton is the first thing I'm going to flick to the right. Super speed. Uh, super speed. Super eco wash. Bidding. Super speed is a one hour wash if you are in a hurry and you want to get something washed really quickly. Delicates. The recipe for themselves. Baby care. Double care. Dark garment. Eco drum clean. Rinse plus skin. Denim. Wool. Synthetics. Cotton. Okay. So that's all the... Um, washes you have there and all the, cy all the cycles, that's what they're called cycles. So, um, you, you know I'm a, I'm a man working this washing machine. So, okay. cotton is in the list, the very last one on the list. So that's already selected. So I'm going to click OK. okay. So now with um, a lot of washes now have to go on 60 degrees. So we'll have to click temperature. So that's next in the list. So 10. I'll double tap on temperature. 10. 40 degrees Celsius. 10. My favorite. 10. 95 degrees Celsius. 95 is the first. 60 degrees Celsius. 40 degrees Celsius. 30 degrees Celsius. 40, 60, 95, 60 degrees Celsius. I'll double tap on 60. 60 degrees Celsius. Okay. And move down a little
Now, so we picked cotton and we picked 60, 60 degrees temperature. So now I'm going to look for the start button. Button, rinse, skin, button, remaining laundry, rinse, tip, start, cotton, start, cotton, start. So here's start, I'm going to double tap on start. So um, I just flicked left and right to find the start button. So I eventually found the start button and I'm going to double tap on it. Start. Now, so as you can see, the machine has started and now it's um, driving into water and uh, it's going to start uh, washing in the next couple of minutes. So another feature this machine has is an ad wash door. So if you forget to put something in, you can, um, there's a little dimple on the door and you can push in that door and the door will pop out and you can throw in a sock or whatever else you might have forgot to put in the wash. And you can do this in mid-cycle as long as the cycle isn't gone too far through or it's not on too hot of a temperature. Um, this also connects to your smart speaker, but most of the options I, I went through in SmartThings app are not available on smart speaker. So for example, you could say to the smart speaker, uh, you, you could ask it to pause or start, but there's not much other options available. So I could say something like, okay, Google, pause the washer. Nothing's playing right now. Okay, Google. Pause the washing machine. Sure, pausing the washer. So that paused the washing machine. And I can start it again. Okay, Google. Start the washing machine. Sure, starting the washer. 1217. So that's... um. Uh, basically the Samsung smart washing machine and there is other um, brands out there that do smart washing machines but this is the one I found that, um, that was probably most accessible at the moment. Uh, it's about two years old and more or less the same model is still available. It's called the Samsung AdWash Eco Bubble smart washing machine. Um, just if you're thinking of buying one make sure it has the Wi-Fi symbol on it and it works with the SmartThings app. And these retail, well, it all depends where you shop. It's uh, it generally all different prices, but approximately 600 euros they start at. So um, that's it. Thank you very much for um, watching. And if you have any questions, contact labs at ncbi.ie. Great, Joe, thanks very much for that demonstration. Um, so, Joe, I, I don't know about you, I, I think any device that makes washing clothes easier is, is, is good news for, for everyone. Like, so, uh, one, one feature I like about this is, is I have to say, is the, is the ad wash door. I know it's not an accessibility feature, but I, 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 I've lost track of the number of times I've, I've put on a wash and left out a sock or two, you know, you find a sock or two lying on the ground uh, beside the washing machine, so that's good. Um, so, I, go, I, I gather, Joe, just from watching this demonstration, that probably the main advantage of using this electronic type of smart, smart washing machine so that I could give someone with a vision impairment access to, to much more of the features available on the display. Is that the case with this? Exactly. You've hit the nail on the head. Um, it gives you access to all the cycles, you know, rather than just having, I suppose, uh, years gone by, uh, vision impaired person might just have three bump-ons on their machine. So mm -hmm. we could say 30 degrees and mm -hmm. 60 degrees and 90 degrees and just uh, find one of those washes and hope for the best. But now we've access to all the cycles. So uh, if you have a baby, maybe you want to put on 
a baby wash or you might have a wool, you might have delicates or you might yeah. just want a quick spin or whatever, you know. So at least you have access to all the options and you also you can also monitor, monitor your wash while it's going on to see how long it's left and it gives you a little um, notification on your phone when it's finished yes, yeah. and things like that. They're useful little things and it also lets you know when the drum needs to be cleaned. And, and Joe, do you, do you think there's like more devices in the house which would easily adapt to that type of technology? Well, yeah, well, Samsung has kind of really um, taken note of, of, of this and they've uh, made most of their appliances uh, work with the SmartThings app. So that means if they work with the SmartThings app, they're 99% going to work for vision impaired people because they'll work with voiceover. And, so you, you think it'd be quite easy to get, like if they developed a fridge that you could control the temperature from an app, defrosted from an app, things yeah, like well, that? Well, they've already developed a fridge um, with uh, in, in conjunction with the SmartThings app, but the, the fridge has a touchscreen display which you can, if you have a little bit of sight even, you can increase the font size, you can invert colours, you can also use the SmartThings app if you want to use voiceover with the fridge. Um, obviously the camera inside won't be much good to you, but at least you can change the temperature and as you said, might be defrost options or something on it. But I suppose there's a dryer as well, uh, the heat pump dryer Samsung have. Um, they also have uh, oven, I suppose you're not restricted to using the Amazon oven, which is not released here in Ireland yet. So there's there's a Samsung oven out there that works with smart things. There's a hob, which I, I haven't tested these yet. These are these are things that you would have to research yourself before buying them. But yeah. they, they do work with the app. Uh, that's all I, I can say about them. So uh, as, as you see, I've tested the washing machine and if um, if some of the other appliances work as well. I can't see why the dryer wouldn't work as well because a dryer is the same kind of system. It's just a few different cycles and a few different times and, and with yeah. a start and a stop button. So I can't see why the dryer wouldn't work. Um, also, you can buy a SmartThings hub. So if you want to link some other devices, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, What's set up like, Joe? Is it, is it straightforward enough or is it a little bit tricky to set these up? In fairness, setup has improved in the last year mm. um, as Samsung's app has improved because they now label all the buttons. When I got the machine first, all the buttons weren't were not labeled, yes. and uh, setup was a little bit more difficult. In fairness, you might need sighted help at the, at the start mm. because. Um, when you get some of the buttons aren't very tactile, you might need to put a, a bump on on the, on the buttons on the machine itself. Mm. So, but once you get over that hurdle, you can use every feature almost on the machine with the app yeah. on your on your phone. Yeah. Um, the start and the stop button on the machine itself are very tactile. Turn on and off is very tactile. The dial is fairly tactile. Um, mm -hmm. There is a couple of touchscreen little options, I suppose, for accessing the Wi-Fi and um, the, the smart um, control button on, on the machine is a little bit touchscreen, but it, there is a little bump on it, I suppose. It's slightly raised. Well, well, yeah, yeah, slightly raised. You will get used to it, you know. And Joe, Joe is the cost factor of, of a machine like that much different from a regular machine that someone would buy? I suppose a regular machine, like from experience, 
you can buy a regular machine uh, for approximately 300 400 euros so this mm -hmm. one they uh, i've seen them uh, like places like the online shops like appliances delivered started five maybe the likes of did and power city and all around 600 you know so but mm -hmm. they, they do they do have price promises in these places so you're talking look if you have 600 euros to spend on a washing machine you're going to get this mm -hmm. kind of washing machine and there, yeah. there is other brands out there that have smart control but i have not i have not tested them they, they they're something you can research but yeah you're around the 600 euros mark i, I checked it last week and it was, it was still a roughly the same price okay uh, yeah joe jo, i wonder like for, for someone who maybe doesn't want to use a smart wash machine maybe someone who's wanting anything too too technical are there alternatives to the, to the samsung smart wash machine that you've shown us there so someone who wants something a bit more straightforward yeah, well, tactile features and that kind of thing is there any, any alternatives to, to this this device? obviously Obviously, if you stick to your own regular washing machine, you're only going to have the three or four options of putting the bump-ons on. But then there's um, Miele, which is a premium brand, so you can expect to pay a lot of money like for, for a Miele um, product. But they, they have brought out uh, a washing machine called the Miele Guideline. I think it's the W1 Guideline. But if you type in Miele Guideline into Google, it'll come up straight away. Mm -hmm. So they, they work with... Um, a blindness organization in the UK to develop this washing machine mm -hmm. and um, they've done a, a very good job judging on the YouTube videos I've watched on it um, they have I think it's 12 cycles mm -hmm. so they have different uh, every time you do twist the dial uh, a different audible tone comes on and um, you can identify the cycle with the audible tone and you get a CD when you buy the um, a CD or an audio MP3 to uh, give you instructions on how to use the washing machine. Yeah. Um, and the buttons are fairly tactile as well, uh, as far as I can understand. So it's a quality product, it's a premium product, so you're going to be paying a uh, thousand euros minimum for that, unless if you, 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 you're yeah. lucky enough to find it on sale somewhere. But it's it's probably something you will have to get imported as well, because there won't be a big demand for it in this country, but I mean, it is, whereas Samsung is, the Samsung product is a universal product. Yeah. It's for sighted and blind people, but blind people can use it through an app. So. It, there is a demand for it over here and you don't have to pay a premium price for it either so yeah there's a couple of uh, advantages and disadvantages of things but uh, the, the melee product will be um a little bit more difficult to get but that way yeah thanks okay so what we might do now we might uh bring our conversation from from, from washing machines to television screens um so uh, what we're going to do shortly is we're going to play a demonstration of a smart TV, a Samsung smart TV that's been recorded by, by Sean. Um, just before we get Sean gets that lined up, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. So it's a Samsung uh, smart uh, TV that has uh, accessibility features that are built into it for people who have low vision or who are blind. Um, so perhaps some people may be listening and might, might, might be aware of these features, uh, some may not, but uh, just as uh, just to let you know, we, we, those features are, are there on, on, the, on the unit. So we're going to play that video now. So here we're going to demonstrate some of the accessibility features in televisions. I'm going to go to the menu. So I just press the menu button and the remote control there and I see it brought up a menu and it's reading out the menu because we went to accessibility. 
which is the Samsung's screen reader and television. That's going to read out all the menus, EPGs, channel guides, channel names, etc. I've also, in these accessibility settings, I've turned audio description settings on. I've high contrast mode, people low vision. I've turned it large, which enlarges the menu for people with low vision. So that's sign language zoom settings where it will enlarge the window for sign language users. But I'm just going to show some features on the voiceover feature here. So it's going to go through normal menu setup. So we're on general. Go back up to. So in broadcasting, if I press OK on that. So this allows me to auto tune it. Or I can choose the program rating. I can put a channel lock on things like that. Things that you know you might find asked for help from the past. So in the sound settings. I can set, you know, the, I can set it to be TV speaker or have a storage sound system. I can set it to that. Sound, there's a sound mode if I go down one. So I can, I'm going to go into that menu by pressing OK on the remote. And the other one is. To standard or amplify, you can see the amplify gets much louder, obviously. I'm going to go back up to standard so we can choose whichever I put we want. And I'm going to go back again up to picture settings. So, you know, this is in here for people who can see or have low vision, you can set the type of picture mode in terms of like, you know, is it going to be movie mode, sports mode, game mode, things like that. Uh, so this, basically this menu, uh, voiceover system is allowing you to access all parts of the menu. So I'm just going to go back to um, just, just a, the TV station on its own. If I press the volume button, up. So I can, obviously it's going to call out which volume setting it's on. And if I press up to change channel, so that that has read that that was a terrestrial channel. It read it was Virgin Media One, and it calls out the name of the show. So I'm going to just turn the volume back up. And I'm going to press down to put the channel back on RTE station. 
Titi Interrescue, Channel 2, RT2. Dragons, Defenders on Burke, 1020 to 1045, audio description. That read that audio description was on, I read the name of the channel and I read the name of the show and the time it was going to be on for. I'll change channel again. DTV Terrestrial Channel 1, RTE 1. The Union Digital Show 9.45 to 10.40, audio description. So I'm going to press the channel list button. We are together. Channel list all 20. I went down arrow through them. 1, 1, up 2, 2, RT 2, Dragons, Defenders on Bell. 10.23, 3, Virgin Media 1, this morning. 10 to 12, 30, audio description. Four, four, TG four, help us see love four, ten to ten twenty five. Audio to five, five, virtual media two, tipping point. Nine thirty to ten thirty. Audio description. So, so that's the. I'll turn the volume down here for a second. So that's the channel list, and it's reading through the channels, and it's reading through the program and start time. But obviously, sometimes you want to go into a bit more detail than that. So I can go into the. We have to learn these buttons on the remote, but there is a button for a guide also, which will bring up the daily planner for the station. So I'm going to turn the volume back up and go into that. So that read out the name of the show, the details of the show, and the time was going to be on. So I press right arrow to go and be on next after that on, on RTE1. Give all the details for Shortland Street there. I'm going to press right arrow again to see what's on after Shortland Street. Okay, there's a lot of details there. So pressing left or right is going to tell us the name of the next show and a preview show. If I press down, it'll change channel and tell me it was on at that time. If I press the right arrow key, right again. I can go through each show if I instead of keep pressing down, I'll go through each station. And similarly, left and right on that remote will bring me through each station. I'm just going to press the back button to go back to the normal TV settings. I'm going to press the source button on the remote to find which sources we have. So that's the TV source, that's our, our area of logged in. I'm going to press the right arrow button. So I have an Apple TV 
box there, which I've got connected, and that will allow me to pick that there. And if I had a DVD player or a stereo view box, I could keep pressing right or left until I find which input I want to pick, and that will call each input out. Now, the screen reader won't work with those inputs. Um, like if you have a DVD player or a stereo view box, the TV can't access those menus and read them out for you. It's only native to this television. But the Apple TV box has its own built-in player, and we'll go into that uh, in a different video. So just basically letting people know that the TV has lots of controls, and this voiceover feature within the Samsung TV is allowing you to access all those features. John, thanks very much for, for that demo on the smart TV. Um, some really good features. Yeah, it was, it was hard hard to record there with the audio of the TV playing at the same time you're trying to talk, but you have it's the only way we could, we could hear the screen reader at the same time. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and it was a, it was a busy reception that I was trying to get done between people coming in and out. There might have been a few doorbells there and people passing as I was recording. <laughs> um, Sean, I, I wonder, could you tell us about maybe some people who maybe don't have a smart television and maybe are looking for alternatives, you know, for people who are watching TV, like in terms of are, are there any good kind of streaming device that you, you, you could recommend or, or, or talk to us about, um, you know, maybe people who don't have this, the access to a smart TV? Well, the, the Apple TV that we sort of briefly mentioned in that, uh, is a is a fantastic device as is um fire sticks and uh by amazon um because they also have screen readers built into them and then their their menus will be read out aloud so if you connected an apple tv and you you went to netflix it's reading everything aloud as you go through and you can turn on audio description by default and all the menus are read aloud but we're that is different in the TV. It's like people who have an aerial and they want to just maybe watch their RTE stations and they don't know what the channel guide is or which station they're on and they're kind of roughly yes. guessing or you know hear, hearing what which presenter is speaking. Mm -hmm. So that that's the benefit of having a, a native to your own TV because um, if you, even if you plug in a skybox like we were saying in the video there. That's the. It's going to tell you that the input is your skybox, and then it'll tell you the volume, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Your skybox would need its own screen reader after that. Yeah. To yeah. kind of get the benefit of yeah. uh, you navigating the skybox. Gotcha. So I suppose so, so the big advantage of using something like an Apple TV is is that you, you have access to all the accessibility features that come with Apple. I mean, like looking at Zoom and Voiceover as well. Yeah, the the the, the Apple TV's accessibility features are fantastic. The Voiceover works exactly how you'd expect. Uh, the the remote has a touchpad on it, so you can swipe left to right to move the focus as normal. But you can also swipe up and down then to actually um, yeah. move to different channel rows and swipe left, right also. It's actually, that's the only bit that will be slightly different to what you're used to. In terms of magnification, um, when you use the zoom, you can set it to follow focus that when you press left or right on the remote, as each, each icon has to focus, the zoom is following that and that's yeah. really useful but quite easily you can change that to a panning mode where you just bring your move your finger around that trackpad on the remote yeah. and it's moving around the screen much like people who use like zoom text on their um yeah. or any other magnification software yes. on, on their computer would, would be moving around a portion yeah. of the screen yeah excellent okay excellent um, so I, th I think at, at this point, what we might do, we, we might just go through some of the other types of, of smart devices uh, that are available um, for the home. Um, now these are just some examples. There's obviously there's, there's many more uh, than the ones that we're, we're talking about today. 
well, three that we might have a, a, a brief discussion on before we finish today's live event is, is uh, the Ring Video Doorbell, uh, Robot Vacuums and the Hive and Nest Thermostats. So maybe maybe just to kick things off, I, I, I know um, I, I, I don't have a, one of the smart doorbells, but I know I, I, I'm actually just, just personal this week from, from Amazon. So maybe we, I might do a demonstration for it in a future live event, but just to kind of tell you a little bit about the Ring Video Doorbell. Um, these are effectively their smart doorbells. They are produced by a company called Ring, uh, which is a home security and smart home company. Uh, it was actually bought out for people who are interested. It was actually bought by Amazon in, I think it was 2018 for, I think it was for about $1.5 billion. So it's big, big business uh, for, for Amazon, um, the security uh, and, and smart home security. So uh, the company uses the tagline, security starts at your front door when they're selling their products. And the idea behind this is that you can monitor your home wherever you are using your smartphone, your tablet, or actually your, your PC. Uh, it's worth noting that uh, Ring do sell different types of, of indoor and outdoor cameras, but it's really the, the Ring video doorbell. That's the kind of the company's flagship uh, product that we're most familiar with. So really what it is, it's a smart doorbell. It contains a camera, motion sensor, a microphone, and a speaker. Uh, there's also the Ring video doorbell app uh, that you can install on your phone, on iOS and Android. Uh, it is, uh, from based on reviews, it's supposed to be accessible with voiceover. Uh, this allows users to speak with the person outside the door, and if they want, they can also see them in real time using the device's camera. In terms of how it works, well, the user will receive a notification while the doorbell is rung, and then they can talk with visitors outside the door using the built-in speaker and microphone. There is ring protections where you can actually pay so much a month and you can record your videos, but those require a, a monthly fee. Um, also worth noting that you can pair your ring video doorbell with your um, Alexa device if you want. So this could allow you to receive notifications uh, to say to your, your smart speaker when the doorbell is pressed or when motion is detected. Um, actually, if you have an echo show, the image will, will appear on, on the screen. So think of, it, of examples of use of this. I mean, you think of someone who's delivering a package and maybe you're not home, or maybe it's, if, if there's a stranger at the door and you just want to have a conversation, I'll see who it is uh, before you open it. Um, so it's obviously um, big kind of, um, I suppose, uh, plus to having this in terms of security. Um, you do have the option when you're buying this, you have the option of, of purchasing what's called a ring chime, which more or less lets you uh, hear the, the doorbell being rung uh, from inside the house. Um, just in terms of uh, the pricing as well, um, from Amazon, you can buy this for around about 100 euro at the moment. Um, so that just gives you a brief, a brief synopsis of, of the ring doorbell. Um, so I don't know if anyone else is in to add to that or, or maybe want to talk about some of the other smart home tech that we have here. Yes. I think people are very interested in finding out about these robot vacuums now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so robot vacuums, um, they're, I, I know there's, there is people that have them. Um, they can come in useful, especially if you have guide dogs and you want to keep on top of the hair in the house. Um, and hoovering for and vacuuming for blind people can be a difficult task. I suppose um, a couple of things to keep in mind with ro robot vacuums is um, they they range. There are there's lots of different brands out there. You know, so there's premium brands like iRoomba, um, Samsung. You can add a Samsung one to the Smart Things app. Um, Me Lady One. There's one I'm particularly interested in called Roborock. Um, it uses a, 
uh, technology called LiDAR, so to map out your house. So uh, some of them use cameras and some use LiDAR. Li LiDAR is a laser, so it's a very accurate laser and it uh, maps out the house really well and it finds obstacles. Uh, so, Joe, um, what sort of shape and size are these uh, vacuums? Well, they're generally round in shape and um, they're probably maybe 16 inches, size of a basketball hoop, I suppose, or basketball hoop is 12 inches, so a few inches bigger than a basketball hoop, like, you know, and they're only about two or three inches high, so you can imagine the dustbin in these is not very big, like, it'd be, you're talking 400, about so the size like, of... It's like, a bit, it's like a big ten of roses going around the house. Yeah, basically, not as high, generally not, not as, high. as high, so it can get underneath um, furniture easily, uh, most furniture. And um, as I said, it mapped out your house so you could schedule it to um, do the hoovering when you're in bed or whatever, especially if it has the LiDAR. If it has the cameras, you might have to, it needs the lights on to do the hoovering or avoid all the obstacles. But um, so you could schedule it to do hoovering. It, it recharges itself, goes back into the dock, docking station when it's low on battery and recharges itself and it'll finish the hoovering if you have a bigger area. Um, some of them have a mopping feature built in. So there's one called the Roborock S5 Max and has a mop, mopping feature built in. And um, there, any the ones, as I said, with the LiDAR function is very accurate at hoovering and they hoover in straight lines and they don't seem to miss any areas. And they get to, and they can get into cor corners now because they have side brushes. So um, it's it's an area worth investigating. And as I said, there is some people that have this and work, work very successful. And know some of the guide dog centres have adopted um, vacuum hoovers as well. So uh, they, they and they will work with Alexa. And the actual device itself um, does speak back to you. So when you um, touch the top of it, uh, or when or when it get stuck or it'll, it'll tell you it's stuck in an Alexa style voice. It'll tell you the bin is full in Alexa style voice, that kind of a thing, you know? So it gives you audible feedback. And it also, the app, the app on the thing uh, will also tell you, give you notifications and information on what's going on. You can um, build invisible walls so you can stop it going into certain areas on the app. So if you didn't want it to go in, if you wanted only hoover half the room, Rather than the full room, you can you can draw a little line on the map, and uh, it'll stop going into that area. Also, people uh, they have uh, on uh, the Samsung website they say if somebody had mobility issues with holding hoovers or anything like that, and but they had some site they could use it uh, a remote control, use the Hoover as a remote control, and Hoover a certain area, you know, like like a remote control car, I suppose. So um, that that's the that's the Hoover. Um, there's loads of videos on YouTube if you want to um, look at reviews on these these vacuums um, and how they work. And you can listen to what you think of the voice on them, uh, see what the audible tones are like, that kind of thing. So, and uh, I, I know some of these are affiliated, and you can't always trust the reviews. But I mean, it's up for the person themselves to research it. They're not really. It's very hard to find them in the shops and look at them before you buy them, but you can buy them online and I suppose if, if they weren't going to suit you, you know, you can return them. But yeah, but, but they are very, very useful, I think. So we just had a question there from uh, Laura like asking, is the SmartThings app free? SmartThings app is free. Um, yeah, it, once you buy the device, uh, you just have to register uh, with Samsung and um, it is free. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay, we, we might just go on to the, the hive and nest, nest thermostats. I don't know, have, have, have either of you two come across these before? Or have, do you know anyone using these to control the heating in their home? Has anyone ever come across? Yeah, I, I, I know lots of people using them and um, I'm actually getting a hive myself because of my plumber has advised me to get a hive because mm -hmm. of the, the oil system I have yeah. and the zones that we have. So hive and nest are the most commonly used ones and they're uh, probably the most accessible. You're obviously relying on these companies to keep their app accessible. So if you find that buttons aren't labeled, mm -hmm. it's always good to give the companies feedback. But they, and they also can be made more accessible by attaching them to your smart speaker so you can give uh, voice commands to them. So anyone that can give a voice command can work these um, thermostats. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're a retail, uh, the, the Nest one, I think it retails about, uh, starts at 200 euros and upwards. So, and the Hive is a little bit less as far as I know. So, um, the voiceover does work with both and uh, I presume the talkback works well with them also. Okay. But you could also, as uh, if you have a Hive and um, you have, uh, I suppose, smart, smart lights, you could I suppose set up a routine like this. This is another thing when you have a smart home, you can set up a routine like say, good morning, Alexa, or Alexa, good morning. And um, you turn on your lights and maybe you might have a set up to turn on your heating when it's winter time or um, things like that, you know, or you could turn on the radio, give you the news, that kind of thing. So yeah. that, that, that's another way, another addition to uh, the smart home. Great, thanks. Thanks for that, Joe. Um, so, guys, we might just move on um, to, to before we finish up. Uh, just to let people know, uh, as per uh, as per as per our usual, they can contact our uh, technical support line. Uh, so, we offer a dedicated support line uh, in NCBI, uh, an email address for any technical support issues relating to assistive and mainstream tech. Uh, so, if you have any questions, even relating to any of the smart devices. That we discussed on today's live event, uh, please let us know. Uh, you can call the line on 1850 92 30 60, or you can just send us an email to labs at ncbi.ie. Okay, if you want any kind of broader broader support, uh, you can always contact NCBI for a range of, of different issues surrounding site loss on 1850 33 53 53, or you can email info at ncbi.ie. And finally, if you'd like to support our services, uh, you can go to donate.ncbi.ie or you can even sponsor one of our live events if, if you wish. Uh, would, would be very welcome to, to get in touch. Um, but for coming up uh, for, for, for the next, um, next live events, uh, we're pretty much at the, at the end of today's live event, and I hope I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, for co coming up over the next while, we'll be going to having a discussion on, on typing tutors and choosing a handheld magnifier. So obviously uh, touch typing is significantly uh, beneficial for everyone, but for someone who's using a screen reader, um, even, even more so, I think, to get a, a really good grasp on, on, on typing. So we're going to have a discussion on, on different uh, typing tutor programs that you can use and that are accessible uh, with, with screen reader software. And also choosing a digital handheld magnifier. So how do you make that e evaluation? 
Um, okay, so just as a reminder, you can sign up to our uh, newsletter to keep on top of what's happening at any of these live events uh, and latest news. And also you can get tips on, on, on the likes of, of JAWS, on, on Zoom text, and keep up to date with our uh, live events, as I mentioned. So you can visit our website, NCBI, and go to our uh, technology page if you'd like to sign up, or you can send an email to labs at ncbi.ie, and we'll make sure they are added to that mailing list. Okay, uh, so that's pretty much at the end. Uh, I think we'll come to the end of today's live event. Just one question. Oh, just, just, okay, just, 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 just squeezed in there for the last two minutes. Yeah. Um, how, uh, it's back to, back to the Hoover, and like it's asking basically how powerful it is, and the person would have lots of small bits of metal or or uh, paper on the floor, and will it Hoover them up? Um, it is almost as powerful as your your Dyson, but. Um, one of the things they did say, if you have pieces of Lego or kids, just it will it'll hoover up any conventional things that don't clog up your normal hoover, basically. Yeah. Um, but make sure you don't have Lego or things uh, left around the house like socks or, and that will clog up a normal hoover. As once it does get clogged up, it will stop hoovering. You know, yeah. uh, some of them have the ability to spit back out wire. So if they do get come across a wire, they will reverse hoover and stop and throw out the wire. Pretty clever, yeah. Yeah, so they do have uh, other little smart capabilities to stop them getting clogged. And also, another cool feature, I suppose, if you're out of the house and you're away from home, um, if it does get stuck in a piece of furniture, uh, I don't know how good this would be to uh, an actual blind person themselves, but you can remote control it out of that piece of furniture when you're away from home. So maybe your sighted colleague might help you out with that if you decided right here, you could hand it to somebody else and let them help you out. But yeah, it, it is, it hoovers up most objects that are hooverable by a conventional hoover, you know? They have to, you know, it's obviously there wouldn't be a selling point to the product. Thanks, thanks for answering yeah. that, Joe. Uh, so we're pretty much at the end of today's live event. I just have to say a special thanks to our, to our guest earlier, Sam Seavey from The Blind Life, for joining us. And of course, to our regular team of, of Sean and Joe, uh, too, for recording those uh, demonstrations and for being involved in the discussions today on smart home technology. So thanks very much for tuning in. And we hope you can join us on Tuesday, the 11th of August, for the next NCBI Labs live event.